Hi, I'm Jack Griffin. And I'm David Peters. Welcome to Gap Chat, where we interview our fellow gappers about how they are taking charge of their year. This episode's guest is Shira Hoffer, a current gapper in Harvard's class of 2025. Hey, Shira. Hey, how you guys doing? We are doing splendid. How has your day been? It's been very nice. I, I slept till noon, which was a nice break from the busy week. And uh, I spent some time with my family, did some reading. It was a good day. That's awesome. A real recharge your batteries day. Yeah, exactly. I actually keep Shabbat. I'm a religious Jew. Um, and so I don't use electricity from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. So Saturday is really my day for recharging. Oh, that's awesome. Good thing that the sun sets at 4 p.m. nowadays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it really cuts the Friday workday in half. Yeah. Well, so why don't you uh, start off by telling us a little about yourself, your background, and maybe what you did in high school? Sure. Yeah. So I was born in the Boston area um, and moved to New Hampshire in 2012. And I live in Hanover. So I actually live on the Dartmouth campus. So kind of ironic. <laughs> I, I was a competitive gymnast for, for 12 years. Um, and so my identity was really wrapped up in my gymnastics career, but I actually, I fractured my back twice, actually, once in 2014 and once in 2015 and had to stop doing gymnastics at that point. And so my, my transition from, from doing gymnastics ended up being toward, toward my Jewish identity. And with that in mind, I actually moved in with family friends for high school um, and went to a Jewish day school in the Boston area and came home every other weekend or so. Wow. So my high school career was filled with a lot of, you know, moving back and forth and kind of finding my independence, which I really have valued a lot. Um, I was involved with different Jewish clubs at my school. Um, I was the co-captain of the mock trial team my senior year. Um, I played varsity volleyball and varsity ultimate frisbee. Um, and generally, you know, my, there were 70 kids in my class, so we all got along really well and ended up having a really amazing experience. And obviously COVID cut it short, but I think at the end, um, we had one of those graduations at a parking lot with the like teleprompter screen. It was like, <laughs> ended up rounding out pretty nicely. So you described a transition where you got more invested in your Jewish identity. What was that process of discovery like for you? Yeah, um, my Jewish identity has always been something that's really important to me. My family is reform, and so we've grown up, you know, very Jewishly engaged, but not necessarily in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I started learning Hebrew kind of on the side when I was doing rehab for my back um, and ended up falling in love with the language and spending more time at my synagogue um, as a result. So then, you know, there isn't a big Jewish population in Hanover, New Hampshire. <laughs> um, so when I went to GAN, that's the name of my school. When I went to GAN, um, I went in feeling very passionate about my identity as a reformed Jew, but over the years kind of became more traditionally observant. My friend group ended up being more observant and I just was taking more advanced Jewish studies classes and finding them really compelling. So now I kind of identify as modern Orthodox and my family is more reformed. So we have this kind of tension, but not an uncomfortable tension, more of just like an interesting balance of our, of our Jewish identities. What are your plans to continue your Jewish faith at Harvard? So one of the reasons I actually chose Harvard was because of the Harvard Hillel community. They have an extremely strong kind of pluralistic community. So there's Jews of all backgrounds um, and a lot of them and a very vibrant scene in the kosher dining hall and with services and, and programming. And so I've already been involved a little bit. We have a gap year cohort that's been hosting events throughout this year. Um, and I'm, I'm really I've been learning with the rabbi actually over Zoom once a week, which has been super fun. 
and I'm excited to be, you know, involved with the Hillel community. Yeah, and I'm also a member of the Jewish group chat that Shira mentioned. So I know Shira has been leading the charge on that in terms of organizing, and we all appreciate that. Alex Burnett's been helping a lot as well. I'm really grateful for him. Uh, You mentioned that you did mock trial in high school, and I think that sort of ties into what you're doing now. So can you expand upon that sort of side of your life, like uh, you're interested in, in law or public service or... Yeah, certainly. So I have a passion for for criminal justice reform, which was born out of two experiences. One was my mock trial team um, placed first in Massachusetts, defending a police officer against an excessive use of force charge against an unarmed person of color. So I kind of became more involved in the civil rights scene after that. I was I went with my school to the American South and we watched a capital murder trial and then met with the public defenders afterward. And after that, I was kind of like hooked on this idea of public defense work. So in high school, I had an internship with a, a criminal defense attorney. And for my gap year, once I decided not to go to Israel, I looked into kind of more civil rights and law oriented internships. I have had some some really amazing opportunities to work for the ACLU of New Hampshire doing criminal justice reform stuff. I'm also working for the Anti-Defamation League of New England um, and for a Massachusetts state senator specifically on criminal justice reform. Wow, that's awesome. I remember you were telling us a little bit about one of your internships with the individual who himself had gotten out of prison and now works with the ACLU. Would you mind telling us a little more about that? Yeah, um, he is working for the ACLU. He served his time in prison and now has become a passionate advocate for you know, the rights of, we, we call them residents, not inmates. So we're working right now on this campaign to lower the cost of phone calls across the New Hampshire County jails. And it's been a really amazing experience. And what about your internship with the state senator? What has that been about? So I've been working for the state senator in Massachusetts since May of 2020. Um, it was my senior capstone project. And I worked with him for a month initially. And then throughout the summer and I've continued to stay on. I'm really part-time right now. I'm kind of doing maybe a project a week, a project every two weeks. So I recently wrote the speech that he delivered on the Senate floor in favor of one of the budget amendments that has to do with abortion care. So that was pretty exciting. That's cool. It's been really nice to have, you know, influential work to do that doesn't take that much time and to still be able to feel like I'm helping out. That's awesome. That's why I love this podcast. We get to meet so many cool people. <laughs> So you touched on the ACLU, you touched on the state senator. Do you mind telling us a little bit more about what you're doing with all of your free time for the Anti-Defamation League? Sure. Yeah. So they're my main internship just in terms of time. We've done various research projects. We've looked into, you know, different private schools that may or may not have a Jewish union and like how that affects the Jewish life on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, done a lot of webinar planning for different events that ADL will host. But my favorite part so far has been, and I've only done this twice, but it's been like a blast, um, is doing incident reports. So somebody will email ADL and say, I've been fired because I'm Jewish. Or they'll say, I saw a swastika on Amazon. And they'll ask us to respond. And so I spoke with this guy about his job. And I spoke with this person about Amazon and kind of talked them through the different policies and how we could be helpful or how this wasn't actually our area of expertise, but here's somebody that they might be able to talk to instead. Um, And kind of getting to talk to people is something that I I really enjoy. And so that's been a really cool experience. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing a lot. Is this something that you want to keep pursuing down the road? 
I don't know. I had a job interview the other day and the woman asked me, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh boy. And I think it's a really tough question because I don't think I want to know where I'm going to be in 10 years. That seems too rigid for me. But I think if right now I had to pick what I, if I was like jumping forward 10 years time, Mm -hmm. I could see myself doing advocacy work, like ACLU type of work in terms of, you know, fighting for reforms in various areas and trying to make a more legislative impact and like a broader impact on policy. Or I could see myself being a public defender and not really having that much influence on policy, but being able to, you know, shake hands with the person who I'm hopefully getting out of jail. Right. This balance between having a a broader impact or a more personal impact is something that I've been grappling with during my gap year and imagine I'll be grappling with in college. Yeah, you have plenty of time to stress over that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. So with all of these internships to handle, could you walk us through what your daily routine looks like? So I work for the ADL three days a week and for the ACLU two days a week. Um, And I guess a day in my life would be I wake up, I do like a 20 minute workout, which I generally don't want to (laughs) do. We have a staff meeting in the mornings um, and I try to do work related stuff. So that might be going through the contracts between the phone companies and the jail and analyzing their rates, or it could be calling the school board person to find out about, you know, their memorandum of understanding with the police department or, you know, various other work tasks. After lunch, I try to do a balance of work and kind of personal stuff. So I've been taking a couple of online courses. I'm actually learning Arabic from this guy who's from Gaza, who's been teaching me once a week, which has been really awesome. Um, And also in high school, as you might imagine, um, I sucked at doing stuff for myself. Relaxing has never really been a strong suit. So I've been trying to read a book or, you know, paint something. (laughs) Your schedule sounds a lot more regimented than a lot of the other gappers that I've heard. How have you been holding yourself accountable? Well, I've actually been trying to be less regimented. So unfortunately, I'm I'm not very good at that. But I guess that's <laughs> the things I wanted to work on this year. So I've always been somebody who thrives off of to do lists. Um, mm-hmm. Checking off tasks is like the greatest feeling during the day. Um, And I also like to do more spontaneous things when I can. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was staying in Boston and I took the day off from work and went to the beach with my boyfriend and we just kind of hung out and walked around and I didn't, I tried to not feel bad about taking the day off. So (laughs) it was a fun time. You deserved it. Thanks. (laughs) So Shira, what advice or best practices would you want to share with someone who's either on their gap year right now or considering taking one in the future? Yeah. So for people taking a gap year right now, I think all of us kind of have this, this connection of like, we all kind of have no idea what we're doing at the same time, which is pretty dope. Yeah. And I think my advice would be, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself. This, I guess, could go for, for new gappers as well. Is like, I think setting a schedule is really helpful and, you know, journaling and writing down. So you have like a tangible record of what you're doing, but also like, if you wake up really tired one morning, don't work out like this is your year. So try to find a a balance of, of, you know, being productive and doing what's meaningful, but also like make time for yourself and do what you want to do because it's one of the last like inconsequential of our lives. So that balance is really important. And for somebody who's deciding whether or not to take a gap year, I would say I have never met anybody who's regretted taking a gap year. 
if you're worried about what you're going to do during your gap year and that's what's holding you back from deciding to take one, but otherwise you want to take one, I would say go for it because you can always find something to do. And even if it's not what you've expected to do, I think it's one of those times when that doesn't really matter. You know, like I'm doing things that I've always been passionate about, but also if, you know, in three months we do like a catch up and I'm, you know, coming up with new slogans for, for mustard bottles. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. You know, it's kind of a time to do whatever you want. So I think it's something to take advantage of. That's great advice. I won't forget that. <laughs> well, Shira, thank you so much for joining us. We had an excellent time with you today. Yeah, this was super fun. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. This week's episode was sponsored by me robbing a seven-year-old's lemonade stand. As always, I'm Jack Griffin. And I'm David Peters. Stay tuned for more episodes releasing soon.